guys, my name is Chitiz. My name is Nichuan. And we welcome you guys back to our uh, episode of Setting Our Thoughts Captive. Uh, this is a new season, second episode. And uh, our prayer and our hope is that this has been a blessing to you and a help in your walk with Christ as it has been to us. As we look into different topics and different uh, different things with the lens of scripture to set our thoughts captive. Um, said so that the topic that we have today is we want to talk about eternal secu- security, right? Eternal security. And um, I think this is a very important, I mean, it's not a topic that I struggle with, but I know a lot of people do. And, and, and so we want to address it through the lens of the scripture. And, and so before, before we jump into what we're going to do, uh, I think it's just us to define what why like what does eternal security mean and why do people struggle with it right so so oftentimes um the struggle of eternal security is once you are saved are you always saved right and so 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 we were saved and and so what can we do to keep us saved? That that is the question that a lot of people have, mm-hmm. and so so when they have that question and they are trying to, I would say, preserve their salvation, oftentimes the doubts and oftentimes the question arises: Have I done enough to preserve my salvation? And so that is where we want to kind of touch on what eternal security is, and we want to touch on and on how. Who is the one who preserves our salvation? How can it be preserved and all that? So, said that, I think before we even begin the topic, there are some things that we need to define because we're going to use those terms throughout the podcast and, and I think it's better if we start by defining those terms in the beginning. Right? And so, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Detuan to help me out with this. Like, what are some terms that we want to define beforehand before we even touch on talking about the eternal security um yeah so i i think it's important to note that if in this whole discussion there's quite a few different words that we see in scripture yep. uh, that deals with uh, uh e- e- eternal security or uh, um, eternal salvation uh, and, and so one of the first words that i think is important is predestination mm. Um, the idea with predestination, some people believe that I, God knew that I would choose him. So he destined me to be saved, Mm. which is, uh, really not how you should think of that word. When, when you look at the word predestination, uh, and you look it up in the Greek, the idea behind it is something has been decided beforehand. Yeah. Or another word is appointed. So we see that be- before anything happened, someone made a decision. And and that decision was made by God. Right. And and I think even it makes sense even through the logical flow of how the scripture teaches about us humans and about God mm-hmm. to be honest because because if God knew that we would choose him or if God knew what we would choose then he definitely knew that none of us would choose him 
Yeah. Because of our sinful nature, no one is righteous, not even one, no one chooses after God. And so it, that definition that you just gave of predestination, give, give that definition one more time, Jetwan. To decide beforehand, decide or, beforehand or to appoint. Yep, and that is done by God. And it does make sense in a logical flow that it is God who decides and not us. Because if it was up to us in our sinful nature, none of us would have chosen God. And God definitely knows that. And that's why he predestines. So it makes sense. Yeah. And so just to, just to give you a verse with that one, the, the, the most common one is in Romans 8. Um, and, and it says in Romans 8, uh, and I'm going I'm to read just verse, the verse that precedes it. Um Verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You know, and I think the key in that is even the beginning part of verse 29, for those God foreknew. Um, so, before anything, he knew you. Mm-hmm. And because he knew you, he, he predestined. predestined you. Yeah. I thought you were going to go to Ephesians 1, man. Romans 8. Yeah, Ephesians but, Ephesians 1, verse 5 and verse 11 yeah. is the other, the other, the other two. One. I'm, I'm going to read that real quick yeah. so that we can, I think that gives us an idea of what, how, what, how, what predestination is. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. That's predestination right here. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us, for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, and so, so that there's clear, there's clarity there that the predestination is not just God knowing that we would choose Him, but God literally just choosing us, like mm-hmm. like what you said, God deciding to choose us. Yeah, yeah. And so, with that being said, now that brings up two two more words that we need to define. Um, so let's let's define. Yeah. Uh, another word that we hear often called 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 right. so we are called for this we're called to do this we're called i mean mo- in the most basic way we're called to repent and put our faith in christ right mm-hmm. and so so yeah and that, and, and that call comes yeah. from what where do we learn of where do we learn of our need for repentance how do we know we need to repent what is it that we hear um it's the gospel, gospel yeah. the gospel is the call uh, that goes out into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so essentially the call is an invitation, um, but it's essentially the presentation of the gospel. That is how the call is made. People can't know to come to God. People can't know of their state before God without hearing the call, which mm-hmm. is, again, the gospel. Yeah, yeah. the call, the proclamation of, of who Christ is, what he has done. And and that that call calls for people to respond with repentance and faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have predestination. Uh, we have called, and the other big one is uh, either elect or chosen. Ones chosen. Uh, so so what does it 
what does it mean to be the elect? What does it mean to be chosen? Yeah. Uh, so for me, in the most basic terms, because I feel like people have this negative connotation whenever they think about the elect, right? Oh, just you, you guys think you're the only elect. Well, the Bible says so. So, I mean, like, I don't know how else we can look at it. But when I think about the basic form of election is, is, is God choosing his people for salvation. Mm-hmm. And so, so believers, saints. I mean, you can you can put all the other synonymous ways are elects. Mm-hmm. And so, so again, like it all flows from each other, right? So God is the one who predestines. God is the one who calls, and God is the one who elects. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Matthew twenty two fourteen says, "For for many are are called, but few are chosen." Mm-hmm. So. The, the gospel goes out, many hear it, but God selects, God appoints. Um, God predestines. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep, and, and I think Romans 8 has a really, I mean, it summarizes this all. A um, few verses below from what you what you just read, that one, mm-hmm. where uh, it talks about, let me let me find that real quick. So in verse um, 30, so you read 29, uh, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be confirmed to the image of his son. And by the way, a lot of times we think that Romans say 28, when it talks about all the good, we think about like God's going to do good in my circumstance or stuff like that. But that good is actually God this confirming to the image of his son. And so that's that's a different topic. But said that in order that he might be firstborn among many brothers. And then verse 30, and those, and those who are those. So we're, we're going to find out those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Yeah. And so you see how God is the one who predestines, calls, justifies, and glorifies. Yeah, it's the, it's the work of God. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, with that being said, we have these these terms that we've defined for you guys. So, um, let's go let's let's go a little bit further, and I, I want to focus on three different types of group, uh, three different groups of people. Um, and so, the, the first we're going to talk about um, who I like to call the crowd. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so so it, so just just yeah, to yeah. bring the premises, you want to best three different types of people in in regards to what eternal security means yeah what yes. what 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 we see play how we see it play out play in out. scripture yep okay yeah so the the first group will be the crowd the second group will be peter and then the third uh the third one would be judas so let uh, let's focus on the crowd first um and so the crowd really the crowd is is interesting because um, as the 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 call goes out before the crowd, there's uh, a mixture of responses, right? So within the crowd, you have all types of people. You have the people who are just coming to be entertained. You have the people who are, um, you know, they they want to be healed. You have the people who are um, genuinely wanting to hear the truth. So, uh, so when we when I see the crowd, the crowd is filled with both believers and unbelievers. A lot of there are some times where the crowd is just no one wants to believe, right? Um, 
but primarily you see within the crowd there's a mixture of people who believe and people who don't believe and or you see a mixture of Jews and and Gentiles uh so in other words in the crowd we see the elect and everyone else so um and and to give us a good example let's let's focus on the crowd uh in John John chapter 6 so Jesus um Jesus feeds the crowd. Um, he sees that they w- want to take him by force to make him king. He desert, he he removes himself from them. And then the disciples and him head to the other side of Capernaum. And then the crowd comes looking for him. And this is when he goes into the whole famous, uh, um, whole famous talk where he says, like, you seek after me, not because of who I am, but because, uh, because you got got to eat uh but he then he goes from that to say uh i am the bread of life Mm -hmm. right you you need to eat my body and drink my blood and from that whole discourse that he has with them then we see that the crowd deserts him um and, and to be clear it's not all of the crowd um but it says many deserted him and never followed him again Mm -hmm. so not all but many yeah so um another another couple different verses before you move on i just want on that that like you said like not all but many Mm -hmm. and the the difference i think and you can even find that um on 39 Mm mm-hmm uh, on verse 39, he says, you know, and this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, mm-hmm. but raise it up to the la- on the last day. Mm-hmm. Verse 36, but I, say t- uh, but I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Mm-hmm. All that Father gives me will come to me. Mm-hmm. And to whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Mm-hmm. So the difference between who deserted him and the difference between who stayed with him is right here, mm-hmm. right? Those whom the Father will gives me will come to me. Mm-hmm. There, look at the assurance there. Like, will come to me, mm-hmm. and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Yeah, and and keep in mind too, like even I, I didn't touch on this, but in that whole discourse of before he even talks about um, his body, eating his body and drinking his blood. Um. The crowd asked Jesus, mm-hmm. what work must we yeah. do to mm-hmm. be saved? Mm-hmm. And his response to them is, you must believe mm-hmm. in me. Yeah. So it's, you have to believe that just shall live by faith. Mm-hmm. And their response is, yeah. well, what sign? What yeah. sign will you do that we yeah. must believe? Right. And that's when, yeah, absolutely. So, and even that, that particular one, he says, this is the work of God mm-hmm. that you believe in him who has sent. Mm-hmm. whom he has sent exactly i love i love how jesus worded that so here we see you need to believe mm-hmm. and some refuse to believe mm-hmm. and therefore they mm-hmm. desert him mm-hmm. okay so so christ gave gave them the answer to eternal life believe in me and they refused to yeah and and um i want to i want to read um First, First Peter, First Peter, um, 
chapter what is it? First Peter chapter two. Chapter two. Um, hold on, I'm on. Um, Sorry, let me just pull it up real quick. Moving to, I should have probably had it written down. First Peter, two, and it's verse, uh, verse eight and nine, in First Peter two. Listen to this, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation god's special possession that that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light so here we see it obviously a stone that causes people Mm -hmm. to stumble is jesus he is the cornerstone he is what we build our life upon and the message of jesus causes people to stumble we see this with the crowd with jesus presenting believe in me i am the bread of life eat my body drink my blood and they stumbled at this and we know they stumble because jesus after they desert him he looks to the disciples and says um will you leave too yeah Right. The, the 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 crowd says this is a hard saying. Mm-hmm. This is hard to believe. It's it's hard. For, it's causing them to stumble. And they ended up deserting him. Why? Because they were destined for it. But not the true believers. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Another one. Uh, and this, I you know, I think this one is um, a, a lot of times the one that more people know of. Maybe not, uh, but it's in Acts, Acts chapter thirteen, uh, and it's verse uh, verse forty-eight. So, and for this is what the Lord has commanded us: I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this. Um, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. Believed. Mm-hmm. All who were appointed for eternal life. There again, we see predestination. We see the call, right? The um, uh, Paul preaches preaches the gospel. And those who were appointed for eternal life believed. And, and 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 the part of the reason behind talking about all this in relation to eternal security, I think I think I think what it does is it gives you more confidence. Mm-hmm. If God is the one who makes sure that his elect believes in him, then he's also going to be the one who's going to make sure that they are sustained in their belief. Mm-hmm. That that belief is given to us by God's grace and it's not going to be gone away. And so, so that the whole assurance of salvation and eternal security comes not because of who we are and what we have and what we can give to God, but because of what God has given to us. Mm-hmm. And and I think the predestination and the and the doctrine of election is such great comfort and 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 a matter of confidence in that 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 it is God who, outside of our will, in His sovereign power, 
gives us faith and 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 helps us to believe in him he's going to he's he if he, the good work that he started he's going to bring it to finish yeah and i you know even for for people who are pastors or just really anyone who shares the gospel this takes a lot of pressure off of you where all you need to do is preach the gospel and be faithful to the truth and the word of god and you know the the holy spirit is the one who opens their eyes to see the truth so you don't have to be some special person filled with charisma and super likable and super stylish and super crafty with your words and all you don't have to make you appealing to someone for them to receive the gospel it's really the work of god you just preach the gospel and the Bible says in Romans one, the gospel is the power unto salvation. Right. It's not the it's not the person delivering uh, the gospel that's that determines whether the hearer is going to receive it. It's God through the faithful preaching of His word. Right. Right. And I do I do want to say add something here, right? Like the God has not commissioned us to go and preach the gospel only to the elect because we don't know who the elect is. God has commissioned us to go and take the gospel to the world. Mm-hmm. And so we go and tell the, take the gospel to the whole world. Now, we sh- we are just the messengers. It is God who saves us. As we've just talked about and given you examples after examples, that it is God who saves. And so so like, like what Jetwan said, the burden is off of us at that point. Right, as long as we are faithfully preaching the gospel, as pastors, as long as we are faithfully preaching God's word, the burden is off of us, mm-hmm. and that's that's a great joy. But at the same time, for you guys, for everyone else who've heard the gospel and who've been saved, it is not you who saved yourself; it is God who saved yourself. And it's also God who's going to sustain you. That is also the matter of confidence because God has predestined you to be saved. Yeah. And so so what a great comfort and confidence it gives in our eternal security. Yeah. Right? So let me read and you and you um you mentioned this, but let me just let me just read again uh from John six and so this is again dealing with the crowd. Uh, John 6, verse 38 through 40. For I have come down from heaven, this is Jesus speaking, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. Mm. All right. So let's so let's move on. Let's look at Peter now. Go for it. Hmm? Go, Go for, for it. it. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So um Peter is really a very interesting uh disciple slash apostle uh to look at. Um, because Jesus says something that that gives us a glimpse to a little behind the scenes of the spiritual work that happens with our salvation. Okay, um, our first glimpse of this, I think, we really see with Job. Uh, so Job is uh, essentially assaulted, like the these 
these things happen to Job, but before they happen, we see that Satan, along with the angels, comes before God, and in order to do what he did to Job, uh, he had to be given permission. Mm. And so Satan can't just act on his own behalf um, with God's people. Right. He needs permission. So in Luke, um, Luke chapter 22, uh, let, me, let me get to Luke. Feel like I should have this stuff yep. queued up or something. Yeah, that's fine. While while you say that, I and it just shows God's sovereignty, right? Like even Satan, he's like in a, on a leash. Like he has to have God's permission to even do, and unless God allows, nothing will happen. Yeah, yeah, he has to allow it to yeah. happen, right? And so Luke twenty-two, uh, verse thirty-one, and for many days. Uh, so this is, um, uh, wait a second. Am I in Luke 22? You're in Acts oh, 13. Yeah, I'm like, this. that's not 22. Um, all right, so Luke 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Um, listen to this, though. This is... Uh, just to, just to give you a little bit more, um, and this is the New American Standard. Okay, so again, verse thirty-one. Uh, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers once you have turned again strengthen your brothers so we there's there's so much in this right um satan had to ask permission and ultimately see we see god's response and the response is no mm-hmm. um and 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 christ is the high priest right he's the high priest He's living and interceding on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And we see right here the power of God. The answer is no to Satan. And also, even after Peter denies him, we see that he still held firmly in the grip of God. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So he says, uh, and, and, and keep in mind, like, keep in mind, um, after after Jesus says this, Peter's response is actually a response that makes sense to me at least, right? Because he says, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brother. So in, in Peter's mind, he's like, what? Like, what mm. do you mean when I turn back? Yeah. Right? Because Jesus says, I'm going to die. Yeah. And then listen to, listen, uh, Listen to Peter's response. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Mm. And this response makes sense. Because keep in mind, we have what we just read in John chapter 6, right? All of this happens. And remember, Jesus turns to them, will you leave too? And, and, and Peter's response to Jesus is, 
to whom else shall we go? Yeah. You have the words of eternal life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, I'm not leaving. Yeah. You have the words of yeah. eternal life. Yeah. Also, remember when Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Jesus says, you are the Christ. Mm-hmm. Peter said. Or, 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 sorry. Peter said, you are the Christ. So, and then, so we have, Peter knows that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus has the words of eternal life. When Jesus tells this to him, it doesn't make sense. Like, I'm not going anywhere, Jesus. I'll follow you to prison and to death. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, this is when Jesus tells him, you will deny me three times. Yeah. Yeah. But even, even though we may fail... And commit grievous sins as as Christians, like we can learn from Peter that we're never going to lose our way from his salvation. And I think going back to John 6, whoever he has chosen, he's not going to lose them. And, you know, I like this, like like in Peter, in 1 Peter, he gives us a great verse that gives us the confidence of our eternal security. And this is the guy who has failed. This is the guy who, who denied Christ three times. But it's not based on his own righteousness that is going to save him. But it's based on the righteousness of Christ in him that is going to keep him saved. Is say like in his perseverance of his salvation. Mm-hmm. So listen to this in First Peter chapter one verse three to five. Mm-hmm. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, and according to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again." Mm-hmm. to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable. It cannot be perished, undefiled. It mm-hmm. cannot be defiled. And unfading, kept in heavens for you, who by God's power, not by my power, not by my righteousness, but by God's power, are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, like if anyone that could have doubted their salvation, it would have been Peter because, you know, after all that he says, he goes and denies Christ three times. But here he is. He has great confidence in his salvation and eternal security. And it's not because of him. It's because by God's power. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think I think in Peter's life we can we can look at his life and 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 like you mentioned right Satan demanded but I'm not I'm I'm gonna say no mm-hmm. and so Peter's confidence I don't I, it didn't come from him it came from God Himself and 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 who God is yeah. that that He's immutable right so His promises that He has given to us He's not gonna change yeah and 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 in verse thirty two again it says. Jesus says, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. How Mm. are we justified? The Bible says the just shall live by faith. God is the one that keeps his faith alive. Mm -hmm. And then the the last part of that, it says, and when you have turned back. Mm. Yeah. So Jesus tells him, you're going to get off. Yeah. But don't worry. I pray that your faith will not fail. And he says it as as it's it's as if it's already done. And when you have turned back, absolutely strengthen your brothers. And and you know, like as I think about this, right? God does want us to have that 
eternal security. Mm-hmm. He wants us to have eternal security and and the assurance of salvation, and 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 most of the mostly we can be confident of our eternal security and salvation because of what he has revealed in his word. Mm-hmm. Right? I want us to consider the first John five eleven and thirteen, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. Mm-hmm. Right? He gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. And this is not just mere uh, temporary life. This is eternal life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. I like, I like in, in this, just piggybacking on this verse, I like how Jude, he started his um, letter. He says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ kept for Jesus Christ. And and so I love this language where where, where it's like it's the eternal security is given to us by God. Mm-hmm. And so for us believers that we are not to worry and we are not to ponder about our eternal security because it is the confidence that God gives us in his word. Mm-hmm. And so to doubt that would be to doubt on the promises of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we've we've seen the crowd. Crowd. We've seen Peter. Yes. So, so let's, let uh, let me before you move on, let review. Let's review that, right? <laughs> because uh, uh, so that people are not jumbled up. So we see the crowd where we saw two responses: one that are true believers, one that deserted him, and and I think I like uh, was that in Peter that you read that they like you can build that connection that they deserted Jesus because they were destined for that. Yeah, that was first, Peter, Peter first Peter too. Yep. yep, so they were destined for that. But then right after that, you see the description of true believers, right? Like you are the, the royal priest, royal priest and, and all that. So, so you see the differences in there. And then we went from like the crowd to a specific person, Peter, whom we saw the description of what, a true believer is, and it's not based on Peter's work because we see Peter fail, but it's just based on the perseverance that, that Christ has for, for the believers. And so now what? So we have a specific example of the elect. Now what? Now uh, Judas. Judas Iscariot. Yeah. So um, again, let's let's go back to... Um, Let's go back to John six, but before we before we look at John six, um, Judas is very interesting, right? Uh, because with Judas, Judas is also chosen, right? He's like everyone that was a part of the twelve was specifically chosen by Christ, okay? And so the idea is like, well, oh, Jesus picked all of these ones, but still one betrayed Jesus how was that possible and so in order to know why this happened you have to know what scripture says specifically concerning Judas all right so let's let's go back to John chapter 6 again the crowd deserts Jesus or many of the crowd desert Jesus Um, then Jesus asked the disciples will you leave and Peter says um, no um Lord, to whom shall we go? Verse 68, John 6, 68. Simon Peter answered him, saying, uh, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, 
and yet one of you is a devil. Mm. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the 12, was going to betray him. Okay? So when, when you look at that, he knew who would betray him. Mm. And, you, and you have to say, okay, like you have to, you have to zoom out and look at the bigger picture, right? Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to save the lost and to fulfill the will of the Father. What was the will? That he would die on the cross. And Judas would be the instrument, the tool that God would use to bring his plan Mm -hmm. about. We talked about predestination, right? Like those who God foreknew, he predestined, right? So it's not like God doesn't know what's going to happen. God's plan will not be accomplished or God is making it up as he goes along. His will will be accomplished. And the, the Bible refers to Judas as the man of perdition. Mm. Okay. Destined for destruction. Mm-hmm. Destined for destruction. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and, and here's the thing. It's not like, it's not like Judas was saved and then he changed he who changed he love. was. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and, and we get small glimpses of this um, throughout the ministry of Jesus. One in particular, um, it, we see in John chapter 12. Okay? So here, John 6, Jesus makes the statement, one of you are, is a devil. Speaking of Judas, right? So let's let's go to John chapter 12. Okay? So John chapter 12, uh, and this is where um, where Jesus' uh, Jesus' uh, feet was anointed, right? Um, John chapter 12, verse 4. But Judas Iscariot of one of his disciples, he is he who was to betray him said why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor he said this not because he cared about the poor but because he was a thief Mm. and having charge of the money bag he used to help himself to what was put into it so he was a thief Yeah. So this great form of worship that happened, he didn't see it that way. Yeah. Right? He yeah. His heart was never changed. His heart was, was, never, was changed. never changed. Yeah. His response to mm-hmm. worship of God is why didn't we sell this to the poor? Not yeah. not because he cared about the poor, yeah. but because he wanted some of yeah. that money. And he was never, I mean, I, I, like obviously like being consistent with the rest of the scripture you can make a very uh, you can make a very clear case that the judas scary was never part of the elect mm-hmm. he was ne- he never had the eternal life because it was never given to him mm-hmm. right? but if it was given to him nothing would have ever, ever snatched that out of him mm-hmm. but it was never given to him and and it's very clear from 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 what the scripture says and his life and you know so so Again, like you see the differences not only in the crowd but also in 
those twelve disciples. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, and that and that's a, I mean that's a a great point, right? So look at John, uh, John seventeen verse twelve. Listen to this. Uh, and this is Jesus praying. He says, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, mm-hmm. that the scripture might be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. The son of destruction, the son of perdition, is talking yeah. about Judas. So Man. Jesus says, I have not lost any right. except the one who was destined to be he lost. He was destined for that, right? And so it's 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 very clear. Like and and for us like believers, now again like you know we're we're like again the tendency we by reading this and going to extreme would be to go and like you know try to look for the elect and try to look for like non-elect and and you know try only be uh sharing the gospel whom we think is elect and stuff like that that's not what the bible says right so our job is is to share the gospel to the world but for us believers this is such a matter of confidence that that our faith is given by god but it's also sustained by god i want i want to read a verse in in john 10 along that line uh, in john 10 27 and 28 I, my sheep hear my voice and i know them mm-hmm. and they follow me I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one, no one will snatch them out of my hand, right? And so this is such a great matter of confidence to us believers because like think about things that could, that we think, that the people think, that even Christians think that could snatch them out of their salvation. Well, first is devil, right? Satan. You've met the case already that devil does not do anything without God's permission. In fact, God will say no. Will devil want to snatch us out? Absolutely. But God, Jesus, will say no to that, right? So devil won't. Our own sinfulness won't because our own righteousness did not even save us. So yes, God's work in us does sanctify us, but but that doesn't mean we're out of our sinful nature. So our own grievous sin, we might fall into the grievous sin for a temporary basis, but our salvation is secured and God's work in us is that he's going to bring us out of that and he's going to sanctify us. Even if it's the mean of trials or discipline, that is God's grace upon us. Yeah. Right? And so so, so said that nothing, nothing can snatch us out of that because the eternal life that is given to us is in God's hand. That's why he says, no one will snatch them out of my hand. So the confidence is not based on who we are or what we can do. The confidence is based on who God is and what he has done for us. Yeah. Yeah, so and this is a this is another uh another famous one. And but just to go back right to to uh Judas, whenever Judas is mentioned and we don't really see much of him like as the ministry is happening. We don't really see much of him, but when he's mentioned, mm. it's always in a negative light, mm. you know. And and when you mention about knowing who to preach to, the elect, and the, you know, like obviously it would be great, right, if yeah. everyone had this e <laughs> on them that represented elect, and so then we could focus our time on them. Uh, but keep in mind too, like Jesus makes this statement, like I've chosen you, and one of you is a devil. Mm. Right. But even like at the uh, uh, the Last Supper, mm. 
the disciples still did not know. Yeah. They didn't know it was Judas. So he's blending in somehow. He's fooling them, but not God. No. Okay. So, and let me, let me just read this last, um, this last little example to kind of pivot between these two. Uh, and it's in Romans, uh, Romans nine and starting at verse 10. Uh, not only that, but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by our, our father Isaac. Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger. Just as it is written, Jacob, I love, but Esau, I hate it. When then shall what then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. This is a reference to the saving work of God, right? Who God has mercy on and compassion to, that represents the saving work that's been done on the cross, right? The gift of eternal life, the gift of faith, to be justified, right, and the grace that is given. God chooses who he he gives his mercy to, not the other way around. And so with Judas, Judas is an example, and it's a sobering thought, right? It's a sobering thought to know that God, that there are some that God chooses for destruction. Yeah. Um, And Judas was one of those, okay? So now with that being said, like that could that can cause some fear in your heart, right? Because now that we built all this framework, but what what if God chose me for destruction? Mm. Okay, so let's let's just let's let's just take a step back, and as a Christian, let's look at some things that should be happening in your life. So like some self examination. Yeah. Okay. And I think there are we're just going to mention three, but there's some other things too. In your life that you can um, you can practically do, you know, to make sure that you are one of his. Yeah. Right. And the Bible always tells the Bible tells us to examine ourselves. Right. To see whether we are in the faith. Right. So um, there are some things that we can do and, I, and I, are, are things that should be characteristic of our that life. is that is evident in our life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the first one is endurance. Right. Uh, endurance. Right. The we're in a race. Right. And if we're in a race, there's obviously a finish line. Yeah. And so true believers will endure into the end. We saw we, we saw with Judas, he did not endure to the end. But we see with Peter, he did endure to the end. OK, so Peter, he, he went wayward. But he endured. And and really, when you think of Peter, Peter would be the example of the, the lost sheep, right? The 99 mm-hmm. and then the, 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 the one. The one that, that ponders away, yeah. And so Jesus is, is, is uh, crucified. He dies. He rose again on the third day. And then they find him, yeah. right? He's alive. So... 
even the blessed work that happens after God is raised from the dead, he seeks out Peter. Um, so, but again, like endurance, like will you continue to the end? And if you are in Christ, you will because he is the author and the finisher are the completer, are the perfecter mm-hmm. of your faith, that just live by faith. Yeah. He's the one who created it. He's the one who will finish it. We see it with Peter. I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Yeah. What is he saying? Your faith will endure into the end. Yeah. Okay. Um so what's what's another thing we second, should see? The second one is is um, what we call the Christian life, the sanctification process of Christian life, right? So the sanctification is is continuous and progressive um, path of Christian life, where we're continuously repenting as God reveals our sin, and we're continuously applying God's word to put on the righteousness, this this righteousness that God has saved us for. Mm-hmm. And so, so one of the evidence that 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 you have the true salvation is that you will continuously see the Holy Spirit working in your life, and and I think that is also the very key part in our endurance and sanctification, right? Because one of the greatest gifts that God gives in our salvation is the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and and when God gives us the Holy Spirit, I, I, like I think it's in um, John fourteen verse sixteen. Uh, I'm going to read that real quick because I think this is this is very key to understand our sanctification and endurance part. Mm-hmm. Uh, John 14, verse 16. And this is a difference between a believer that might profess temporarily, mm-hmm. but they walk out in faith, and a believer that does profess but also endures till the end. Mm-hmm. The true believer mm-hmm. versus just a believer who has repeated a prayer once upon a time because we see that very often, right? So what happened to them, the difference I think is this. The difference is this where Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, right? To be with you forever, not only for a little bit of time, not only when you keep on righteous and not only when you attend church, but forever, so the difference between the one who endures and the one who sanctifies and the one who doesn't is, is that the Holy Spirit is going to continuously sanctify you and that Holy Spirit is there forever. Right? So, so I'm just, I, I just wanted to bring out the importance of Holy Spirit in our sanctification process. But mm. yes, the work of the Holy Spirit is that we are going to continuously deal with our sinfulness and we're going to continuously put on righteousness. Yeah. And and I've heard this uh, say before: if there is no sanctification, there is no salvation. And so, a uh, uh, salvation without sanctification is just a mere profession. And and so, uh, in in our salvation, we know that um, God not only makes us nice, but He makes us completely new. And this new life that we have with new longings and new desires leads us to our sanctification. Where, where we're continuously being conformed to the image of Christ as we deal with our sin and as we put on God's righteousness. Yeah. Again, and, and let me just read this again um, from 1 Peter 2. Um, once you, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, mm-hmm. a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness mm-hmm. Into his marvelous light. 
Mm-hmm. Once you were a people, not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God will have mercy mm-hmm. on whom he will have mercy. Compassion on who he will have compassion. Like we are being transformed into the image of Christ. Like, And we see that in Ephesians. Like God has predestined us to be transformed into the image of Christ. Um, and so that that is the sanctification. Like we are already declared righteous through the work of Christ. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, the Christian life mm-hmm. involves repentance and sanctification mm-hmm. where we conform more and more mm-hmm. and more into mm-hmm. the image and, of and Jesus. And on that, on that I want to read one more verse because I think this is this verse helps me a lot mm-hmm. when, it, when I think about uh, the Christian life. And, and that is in Philippians 2, I think. Uh, Philippians 2, verses 13, 12 and 13, right? So this is, this is basically where... Uh, what Christian life is. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only is in the, my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. This is not to be saved, but salvation is already there. So work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So there is our human obligation, right? Like to, to, to pursue righteousness, to, to, um, to deal with our sinfulness. But then look at verse 13. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so I, I love how, how this sanctification is, is, is like, it is, it is God who works in us, but we, we cooperate with God in a sense that, that he changes our will, and then the result of that is that we are going to be sanctified. We are going to deal with our sin. We are going to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah, yeah. So, so we endure... We we go all the way to the mm-hmm. end. On our way to the end, we are being sanctified. sanctified. Mm-hmm. And as we are living the Christian life, we produce fruit. Mm. Okay? So listen to this in John, uh, John chapter 15 uh, and uh, verse 16. So Jesus talks about how he is the vine and we are the branches. Um, so... Uh, did, I, did I say John 15? Yeah, John 15. Uh, So you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Okay, let me, let's jump down to verse 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. This is why the world hates you. Mm. So Jesus, uh, and essentially I wanted to bring up this part. Like, obviously you see that, again, that language of being chosen Right. Mm. And, and, and uh, being appointed like this, your salvation is the work of God. But he also says, I have chosen you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit. Anyone that's in Christ will bear fruit. Right. Uh, if you do not bear fruit, you are not in Christ. 
Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Jesus is the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, right, and we're and, and obviously here is Jesus is talking about good fruit. Because he also talks about trees bearing bad fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and so the the bad fruit is obviously sinful. Yeah. Wickedness. Mm-hmm. All of those things. But mm-hmm. if you're going to bear gr- good fruit, the only way possible to bear good fruit is to be in Jesus. If you're not in Jesus, you cannot you can. bear good fruit. Yeah. And and it makes sense, right? Like uh, like this is a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. If you are in Christ, you've been made new. The evidence is going to be there will be fruits. But if you're not in Christ and you're still captive of your sinfulness, you're still in the slave of your sinfulness, the fruit, the result is going to be bad fruit. And so we look at those fruits in our life and, and it is it will be evident that if we truly have, truly have um, Christ in us or not. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, a Christian, and I, I know we, we're not saying that a Christian will always produce good fruit, but even when we have the, sometimes when we do sin, we have the Holy Spirit that convicts us. We have the Holy Spirit that, that continuously is, is, is reveals our sinfulness to us and we deal with those sin and put on righteousness. And so, so, so there, is, there, is the, there is that part where, where we're not perfect, but we are striving towards there by continuously dealing with our present sinfulness and, and, and putting on God's righteousness. Yeah, and just, and just to be clear, uh, when we talk about a good, you know, us not bearing fruit, I think to be completely clear, the idea there, if you are a good tree, you will bear good mm-hmm. fruit. But the idea is like you might be in a period where you're not really producing anything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, you're not going to yeah. turn around and bear bad fruit because yeah. that's not who you are. Yeah. Look, just to be clear, so Matthew, Matthew um, 7, Matthew 7 uh, verse uh, 16. Uh, and this is this is after Jesus talks about the narrow gate. Then he talks about false prophets, and he says this, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Okay, and then listen to this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Okay, so we talked about that, that endurance, the sanctification as we as we endure and as as we learn of our, our the sin that needs to be rooted out, we're doing the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we love Christ and we're keeping His commandments, mm-hmm. and yeah. we're thus we're bearing good fruit. Right. Absolutely. And and you know, as I'm looking at this list, right, like I'm reminded of 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 when it comes to our salvation, I'm reminded of our perfect um, Savior Christ. Because he's the one who perfectly endures till even to his death. Mm-hmm. 
he's the one who is perfect in 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 the process that that he does not need to be sanctified he's perfect mm-hmm. you know and then his fruits are always good mm-hmm. there is no bad fruits in him and so 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 our salvation is based on what Christ has done but in this this christian life that we have the evidence of our salvation is also that he's continuously making us more like him so that's why we endure that's why he makes sure that we endure that's why we make sure that we're sanctified to his image that's why he makes sure that we are bearing the fruits like he bore fruits Mm-hmm. And so, so these are a few of the ways, evidences that you know that that you have true salvation. But in on top of this, I I, I want to add one more, th- uh, just a, just a, just a thought on this is that you can have all this, all this can be an evidence, and you can look at that and you can think you can you may know and have assurance that you are saved. Or if you have truly believed in Jesus Christ, you can also have assurance that you are saved through God's word too. You know, and and just to because God tells you that I'm giving you eternal life because God tells you in His Scripture that 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 I this this good work that I've started, I'm going to bring it to finish, and so you can trust God's word and have that confidence at the same time too, and so the eternal security and and it is going to be evident like like what Jetwan is saying, it's not that we are doing and it's going to be evident, but no, it's going to be evident that we are going to do all these things. Yeah. Because we're saved by God, and we are we're continuously being sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit, and and so so again, like all this to say, again to bring it back to like our confidence and our eternal security in our in the preservation of our salvation does not lie on us, but it's, it lies on the work of Christ. It's, it's the work of God who saved us. It's the work of God who sustains us. Yeah, and so so. Those things you can look at in your own life, Evidence, right? Yeah. So you mentioned it, uh, uh, like v- very briefly, um, and so we we talked about the crowd, we talked mm-hmm. about Peter, we talked about um, Judas, mm-hmm. but there's really another crowd that I want to focus on, uh, and it's it's the sheep. Mm. Okay. Um, so the the sheep is really the other group. Okay, obviously there's the goats too, but obviously goats are unbelievers. <laughs> but specifically the sheep. People are going to be like, what are they talking about? <laughs> sheep, goats, <laughs> Judas, Peter, cow. But L- listen, yeah. listen to this, right? Um, and this is Jesus uh, speaking to the Jews. And he he goes through this whole thing about him being the the good shepherd, Right. And then he talks about how he's going to lay down his life for the sheep. Mm-hmm. And as he's going through this, the, the Jews who are hearing this, like, l- listen, I'll just pick it up. It says in verse 19. So this is uh, John chapter um, John, chapter 10, verse uh, uh, verse 19. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So here again, we see the crowd. The crowd is divided. Some believe, some don't believe. Then listen to this. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade or portico. Uh, The Jews who were the where they're gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you. 
(laughs) But you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. In other words, they tell, they they confirm who I am. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listens to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out my hand. My father who has given to given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I and the father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the father. For which of these do you stone me? And listen, here it is. We are not stoning you for any good work. They reply, but for blasphemy, because you are a mere man, claim to be God. And here it is. This is really what, what it comes down to. Yeah. They do not believe him. Mm-hmm. It is so funny, right? Because they just asked Jesus, if you are Christ, tell us plainly. And then he tells them, and he's like, we're going to stone you because you're telling us that you're Christ. Basically, that's what they're saying. And, and he, and he <laughs> right? rightfully said, right? Yeah, like, he's you like, don't believe because yeah. you are not my sheep. Yes. You are not my sheep. So here it is, right? When, when we're looking, and this, is, and this is key as sheep. Like the sheep hear his voice. They follow him. They follow him. They mm-hmm. follow him. They follow him. They endure to the end. They're protected by him. They can't be snatched out of his no. hand. And again, like when Jesus says to the crowd in John 6, like when they ask him, what must we do? And Jesus says, you must believe. Mm-hmm. Your salvation is hell. And this is why it's so important to preach the the true gospel, not anything else, right? Like in Galatians when he's like, who has bewitched you? Like who is, if you preach another gospel, let him be an anathema because the gospel is the power unto salvation. It's in it we find the truth of who Christ really is and what God has really done. And so believing on this, we enter into salvation. Mm-hmm. It's so important. And if you believe in the true Christ, who he said he is, you are saved. Yeah. You are saved. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so interesting with the with the Jews, they thought their salvation was based upon circumcision. Yeah. Right? I am in Abraham because I've been circumcised and therefore God will welcome me into heaven. And Christ says, No, you need to believe in me. Yeah. Right? And then there's even that certain point where they try to base it again on works, the Judaizers, right? Like, no, you don't need to just believe in Christ, but you also still need to be circumcised. No. No works. No works. Believe in Jesus. And that is is also very key to remember or recognize for eternal security because it's merely believing in Jesus Christ that saves us. That is what no works will also take away our salvation. Mm-hmm. But it's not our works that saved us. It is God who saved us. And and so, you know, if, if the, like I love what I think um, John MacArthur once said in his sermons, like if there was any ability in us to, to lose our salvation, then we would lose it. We would find that we way to lose, lose it, it. <laughs> yeah. for sure. And we would get it again and we'll lose it again. And so, so, so because we're not saved by our works or anything that we have done, we're saved by God's grace alone, 
through faith in Christ alone, that's why we also can have that assurance and confidence that nothing will snatch us out of His hand, that nothing will separate us from His love, that we can trust in His promises where He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. These are, these are God's promises and God is immutable. He does not change His covenant promises. Yeah. And so, so we can rest. God wants us to have that assurance of eternal security. And so, so if you are living a life where you're worried about your salvation, you might want to reconsider yeah. trusting God's word in, in the fact that when God has made those promises, He is faithful to keep it. Yeah. yeah and, and, and here's the thing. Even when it comes to our faith, right? Uh, which which is what justifies us. Consider yeah. Ephesians, right? Uh, Ephesians two eight. It is it is because it is because the uh, grace that we have, mm-hmm. we even have our faith, mm-hmm. right? Our faith is the gift of God. Mm-hmm. By grace you are saved, and mm-hmm. this is not of of your own works, yeah. lest any man should boast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even our faith is a gift. But but consider this too, like, so God saves us, um, and and listen to this, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 13, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's mm-hmm. possession. In other words, the the resurrection. Yeah. Right? So the Holy yeah. Spirit is our guarantee. Guarantor. It's the sign mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. are his. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. We don't get when we the when we are believed, we are filled, we are given the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And like that John chapter 10 says, he's there forever 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 and yeah absolutely like like you know even that faith that you mentioned is the gift of god like even john 6 right he says for this is the work of god that you believe in me it's the work of god Mm -hmm. philippians 1 for it has been granted to you that for the sake of christ you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake it has been granted god Mm -hmm. has granted this to you Mm -hmm. right and so paul paul um Prays in, in I think it's in First Timothy where he prays that God grant them repentance, mm-hmm. right? And so we can see all of this is is, is actually like like when you look at it, it is it is a gift of God that we are saved. Truly, it's a gift of God. There's nothing we bring in the table, mm-hmm. and 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 that is why also we have great confidence that we are going to be sustained too. Because as Philippians one, like Paul has says that very confidently, that and I am sure of this. Mm-hmm. I'm not doubting this. I'm not like, you know, 80%. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion, will bring it to completion. It's not like he began the good work and then you are going to bring it to completion. No, he who began the good work, he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And he's continuously doing that in our life by by making sure that we endure, by making sure that we are being sanctified and, and, and we by making sure that we are bearing fruits. Yeah. And so, like, just to be clear, you know, and I understand that you can struggle with this, but let's let's just be honest for a second here, right? 
if you struggle with this, you don't, you're not realizing that this is a supernatural work, right? Yeah. It's, it's the power of God that keeps you, right? It's the power of God that changes you. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation, mm-hmm. right? And so it's a supernatural work mm-hmm. that has to happen. Yeah. And the only last time I checked, the only one that's supernaturally changing anyone is God. God. And, and, and that verse, like you said, right, if you're in Christ, you are a new creation. That doesn't go, if you're in Christ, you will be a new creation someday if you do this, 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 this. No, you are a new creation. And it doesn't say you are becoming a new creation. You You are. are. Yeah. It's done. Done. So if you struggle with that, you're you're not recognizing the power of God. Mm -hmm. The other thing is you are not renewing your mind. Yeah. Everything that we presented to you guys today is based upon Scripture. Yeah. All these different places, Philippians, Ephesians, First yeah. Peter, mm-hmm. uh, John, Matthew, like it's over and over and over throughout Scripture where yeah. we see that our salvation was all initiated by God. God. It came yeah. about because of God, yeah. and it is through God that we... Uh, we will endure. Yes, and we have this eternal. And, and, and you know, like like we have this, we have been given all the scripture, so we may know and be for sure mm-hmm. that we have this eternal security because of God. I, I love how uh, John in First John in chapter five verse thirteen he writes this, and this is like the similar to what you just mentioned. It's like I write these things, just like how we are presenting all the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know. That you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. That you may not doubt it. That you may know for sure that you have eternal life. And so, so you know, we can have that assurance in our heart. We can have eternal security. And so, if you're living your life worrying and wondering about what your eternal life is going to be like, then you are not really trusting in the power of God, basically. It's not, it's not, it's not that, yes, you are, you might be, you might be doubting your own works. And and if you're trusting your own works, you are going to doubt it. But more than that, there's a bigger picture. You're not trusting the power of God. Mm-hmm. And so so my encouragement to you is that, guys, because it is God who saved us and we've given ample of, of, of verses today and ample of passages today where we can see that, it is because it is the work of God in that, that saves us. It is also the work of God that completes us and that, that, that mm-hmm. will take us to the end of the rest. Yeah. And and just to keep just to just to keep in mind too, I want to add this this other point with uh people falling away. Mm. Okay. So yes. Judas um or even Christian so many that we know as Christians that fall away. So many yeah, yeah, so many that claim to be Christians mm-hmm. that fall away and never return. Mm-hmm. First John, first John 2 verse 19 it says they went out from us but they were not of us for mm-hmm. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. What is that? Mm. Endurance. Yeah, exactly. But they went out that it might be complained that they are, that they all are not of us. There are going to be some that align Mm -hmm. themselves 
uh, with Christians that claim to be Christians mm-hmm. that will fall away. Yeah. But here it is. They never believed. No. They never believed. Mm-hmm. It's not like they believed and they lost their faith. Yeah. They never right. believed. Right. The same is true of Judas. He never, never believed. believed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the, again, like, you know, I go back to like, man, like it's such a great confidence and matter of comfort for us believers though. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like our belief, even that, that is given to us by God. And we can see like the work of Holy spirit in our lives. Like I know, like, you know, like the, the Satan is, the not say Holy spirit is continuously like convicting my heart of my sinfulness. I can see God's discipline present in my life, but all this, I have so much comfort in knowing that, man, this is God's going to bring this to completion one day. Yeah. He's going to. He's the author of the faith and he's the finisher of the faith. Yeah. So final thoughts. My final thought. I'm I, I, like I'm, my final thought would be in Romans 8. Mm-hmm. And I've already read this but I want to read the last part of it mm-hmm. in verse 30 and those whom he predestined we talked about this he also called those whom he called he also justified and for those that are struggling with eternal security this is the last part that I want to f- in our in my my thoughts with and those whom he also justified he also glorified and right, so God is has justified us and and then there will be a day where he will also glorify us and that's eternal security guys yeah that nothing will separate us from love of christ and keep in mind too the 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 tense of it right yeah. it's not it doesn't say he will glorify he has he, it's he already also done. yep he also glorified and 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 that is where paul gives that confidence that you know if our god is for us what can be against us yeah that is where we get that confidence like if our god is for us for our eternal security what can be against us yeah so you know understand right like you don't you don't take eternal life god gives eternal mm. life uh if if what god gives does not last you have to recognize the fact then he's a liar yeah but if or what, he's not as powerful still he will be a liar yeah right because if he tells you, I give you eternal life and it doesn't last, he's a liar. Yeah, it's not eternal. <laughs> and of course, that means he's not powerful and, yeah. and a whole host of other yeah. things. But if what you claim to believe does not last, you are the liar. You have not believed. Again, anyone in Christ is a new creation. That man or woman simply cannot undo the miraculous work of God is impossible if he could, then God would be a liar. So consider this. Um, if your question is, what can I do to keep my salvation? Your whole framework is wrong. Yeah. You're now basing it upon works. It should be, <laughs> what has God done mm. for my salvation? Yeah. Yeah. And once you know that, there's so much confidence and comfort in in knowing what God has done. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, It was a great talk. And we will see you in two weeks. Um, If you have any feedbacks or suggestions, just you know how to reach to us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will see you in two weeks. Peace.